<laughs> Hello, kitties. It's your old pal, John Kassir, the voice of the Crypt Keeper. And you're listening to The Bottom Shelf. <laughs> Hello, movie lovers and movie haters. Welcome to The Bottom Shelf, the podcast where every movie has a place. Even when we don't want to be. Yes, that's true. The Bottom Shelf is part of the Geek Devotions podcast network. Geek Devotions is the ministry from devoted geeks who are devoted to letting you know that I, I mean, you, you are loved. Wow. Great job there, Branson. <laughs> it sounds like you've been practicing, my guy. Ah. Thanks, John. I appreciate that. Uh, as you just heard, I am Branson. And joining me on this base flowing high above the planet Geekery is the one, the only, Mr. John Harju. I mean, wait, was it Harju? Oh. Uh, Mr. Harju. Mr. John Harju. I'm Branson. Branson Boykin. What's up, cheese bags? I'm your DM for tonight. I mean, I'm your movie guide for the. Uh, 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 <laughs> um, um, wrong show, uh, John. Um, um, uh, and with us also is Dallas. Hey, glad to be here. It's going to be a, a a groovy time here as we talk about MacGyver two. No, 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 Giver. Too. Not not MacGyver. Mick Jagger? Well, wait a minute. Stop the show. I, I, I didn't sign up to do a Mick Jagger impersonation. I can't even do a Mick... I is this. I'm Mick Jagger. This has gone off the rails. Can someone call my agent? I'm a stunt double. I don't get paid enough for being actually being Branson. Actually, I should get paid more for being <sighs> For Branson. reals, this is ridiculous. I say we quit. The guys can handle this on their own. But won't they set the production of the podcast back a bit? Yo. Maybe, but who cares? It's not like anyone's going to remember the plot of the original version of this. Can't believe that, though, that no one would notice that the entire crew was different? <laughs> Come on, guys. Let's get out of here. Yeah, let's go. By the way, Josiah, that Mick Jagger impression of yours was sounding a little bit strange. Yeah, I think I'm going to stick with what I'm good at. I'm known for my poo, after all. Prepare yourself to discover a world of terrible movies. High above the planet Geekery, a group of intrepid explorers hover over the dangerous planet in their fabulous super-orbital spacecraft. Their mission? To conduct a complete analysis of movies known throughout the universe as Terrible. So grab your space popcorn, grab your freeze-dried ice cream, and join us for today's mission of discovery and wonder. Are these movies better than the galaxy thinks? Or do they really belong on the bottom shelf? Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Bottom Shelf, the podcast where we watch terrible movies so you don't have to. Brought to you by Geek Devotions, 
a podcast network of devoted geeks devoted to letting you know that you are loved. That's right. If you press pause right now and don't listen to anything else, know this. You are loved. You are cared for. Your creator has a plan and a purpose for your life. (laughs) I am joined here today by two wonderful gentlemen who are experts at distracting me when I have this one job that I'm supposed to do. (laughs) Joining me here today, uh, you know what, and I'm going to start by, I'm going to go in order of level of distractedness. We're going to start with the one, the only, the man, the myth, legend, the DM extraordinaire, John Haru. All of that was a lie. And stupid glicks forced me to come back and play my own role. <laughs> You're under contract, man. Sorry. I am under contract. <laughs> I need to get in with the Screen Actors Guild. SAG would have never stood for this. Can I strike? They're supposed to be on strike right now. <laughs> but then you get replaced by AI. Yeah. I hated that oh. movie. <laughs> All right. And also joining us here today is the captain of the Geek Devotions Network, our good buddy, Dallas Mora. Hello. I am glad to be back here. Uh, yeah, I didn't know I'd been replaced. Um, I, I, I just thought the extras took over. It was kind of like that scene from Spaceballs for me. <laughs> These are our stunt doubles. <laughs> thank you by the way to whoever is being our stunt doubles for stepping in and helping us have a little fun with the show our deepest and sincere thanks to you you're our heroes <laughs> some might even say dark heroes da, oh. da, da. And with, that, <laughs> with that awesome segue what do we have in store for today well branson since you were so excited last week about the guyver and it was your favorite movie ever. You won't believe what I found in the dumpster, Branson. I what dug deep for this. And what? I pulled out uh, like it was the $3 Walmart bin. The Giver 2. The sequel. And so we're going to be going through that together. Let me grab the box here and let's hear The Giver 2. Produced by the same man who brought you the aquatic graphics of The Cave, Lady in the Water, and the Aquaman TV show, Steve Wang. Starring the voice of your childhood, David Hayter, and the woman who's been on in every daytime TV show you've never seen, Kathy Christopherson. There was an Aquaman TV show? Yeah. I missed this. Let that fact sink in that you missed it. So anyways, <laughs> back of the box in the spectacular sci-fi sequel to The Giver is drawn to an archaeological dig in Utah back country where he discovers an alien ship filled with weapons capable of global destruction with the fate of all mankind in his hands. He makes a final stand against the forces of evil and that summary was a better movie than the first guyver i like it well, let's find out where the stands Branson's going to be salty for like the rest of life I... <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to be salty i i prefer paprika thank you very much oh i thought he was going to sing bible stories or something 
<laughs> Wrong salty. That, that was a deep cut, sir. I yes. You get the applause for this episode. I've never even seen that show. <laughs> oh no, it's not a show. It's on cassette tapes. Oh Lord. Yeah. I've seen screen grabs and it looked like uh something from SNL. So I used to have the Bible, like the salty study Bible with the little uh-huh. devotions in it. There was a study Bible. Yeah. I that, know that, that was okay. my Bible as a kid. Okay. After the last episode and in this conversation, I'm starting to realize something. Yes, sir. Where you lack Dallas when it comes to sharing my childhood, uh-huh. Branson makes up. Oh, interesting. <laughs> Our powers combined. We I'm are telling you. <laughs> John R.U.'s trauma. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> All righty. Just, Plot just twist, need to, John. We're we not real people. Just need to get an people. abusive pastor in here, and then we'll be all set. We'll oh. have the trifecta. Oh, 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 oh. oh god! Working through that trauma, Branson. What's happening right now? Uh, we're gonna go to the community communications on this movie before we before we take the dark part of Dark Hero a little too seriously. <laughs> all right, we've got some community communications. Let's see here. I liked the original. Well, kick a guy while he's down. <laughs> Clearly, I am in the minority when it comes to my opinion of the first Guyver movie. So I might have to repent later. I don't know. Do, do they have Do they have confessions for bottom shelf ratings? Can, can I go speak with a priest and like be absolved? You can go of my talk to Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> Bless me, Father, for I have sinned. I've rated a movie in the dumpster fire when I shouldn't have. Oh, Lord. You sound like Glomgold again, bro. I know. I, it happens every time. I I can't help it. Oh, man. All right. Edgy Ranger. I think it's Rangers. I was supposed to see an S on there. Oh, Edgy Rangers. Well, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Uh, two words. Elbow Blades. They are quite magnificent. Yeah. yeah. Doesn't have Mark Hamill. Or anybody else from the original movie. <laughs> That's true. Nobody it's like a present. completely different movie. <laughs> They're like, nope, not here. <laughs> <laughs> now, is I wonder, is that because the casting people decided, nope, we're starting all the way over, getting completely new people? Or is that because no one from the original would agree to come back? This is the point. If this was in a Facebook chat, I would throw up that girl saying, why not both? <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. fair point. That's fair. fair point. Not as good as the first. Man, I just missed it on this. <laughs> I didn't okay, think my opinion you, would be that controversial. But you got a like, hot take, bro. That's okay. I've got plenty of them. Trust me. I like Everybody bro, disagrees with me. I like Battlefield Earth. Fair Fair point. Fair point. Overhead press were rewarded. This is the same guy that said the shoulders weren't good in the first movie. Uh, so now. Uh, 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 oh, gotcha. 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 Solid snake takes on evil corporate archaeologists. That's a deep cut, but I appreciate the fact that they knew that David Hayter is the voice of solid snake from the metal gear solid series. He did so much. Oh, like, he's like, He's like one of the most famous voice actors out there. 
I went through his his biography. I like what the he was Captain America. Mm-hmm. He was in uh in in Mobile Suit Gundam. He mm-hmm. he's done all kinds of stuff over the years. Wow. All right. And last we have Guyver, but more martial arts focused than one hit kills. That's Sweet. fair. That's fair. Cause in in the in the anime and the comic, legitimately, he's like, uh, dead. <laughs> <laughs> with the with these references, I'm I'm looking forward to this movie. I oh, I, I I've yeah. All right. Well, you got any trivia for us? Um a little bit more than the last movie, but not by much. Um, so uh, many times David Hayter has been asked at several conventions if there was ever a, if a third film was ever planned. Um, he and Steve Wang have stated that the rights are in limbo, but they would never rule out making a reboot of the series, which I think would be merited for, for I think we have the technology now to make it better. Yeah. Oh my, gentlemen, we have the technology. I think even with the traditional tokusatsu, uh, stepped on my gag, Dallas. Oh, I'm sorry. No, it's fine. You killed it. It's it. It was it. It was a puppy. It was just being born, and you're just like, wow. We are leaning heavy into the dark aspect of this show today. Dallas wow. is writing down recording times. Got to cut that joke out. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just getting rid of a scammer right now. Oh. Uh, after the film was after the first film was criticized for being overly goofy and comical, the filmmakers decided to add more elements of action and horror, hence turning the sequel into an R rating. Well, somebody agrees with me. <laughs> Although the previous film received that PG-13 rating, uh, this film did receive a rated R. Uh, notable as many film series have transitioned away from the R rating, uh, but very few have ever transitioned to an R rating. Um, Telltale Games. Are you guys familiar with that company? Yeah. Yes. I, got, I have uh, both their Batman games. Sweet. Then you'll appreciate this, Dallas. Telltale Games was considering earlier on uh looking to buy the guyver franchise to be turned into one of their episodic games that would have been pretty cool actually if they had done uh-huh. this all right with those interesting factoids and branson's hopes destroyed with our community conversations what are our expectations going into this branson you dumpster fired the last guyver movie clearly you don't care for this one also it's the sequel those are worse so so once again, cards on the table. This is my guilty pleasure. Uh, this is one that I added to the list. As I mentioned in the last show, my first exposure to the Guyver franchise was this movie. It came on the sci-fi channel and I thought it was just a cool, darker looking power Rangers. Uh, so going into it, as far as expectations go, I'm going to try very hard not to let myself be duped by rose colored glasses mm. uh, because it has been a long time since I've seen this movie. I remember thinking it was cool enough that like me and my sister would play it as kids. Like I would pretend to be the Giver and I'd have the elbow blades and right all that stuff. I actually thought the whole concept of humans turning into monsters was a really neat idea. So 
with a lot of the stories I'd make up as a kid, it usually had humans that turned into creatures of some sort, whether they be dinosaurs or something like that. I'm beginning uh, to understand gospel by gaslight so much more now. <laughs> <laughs> is the guy ever going to make an appearance? <gasps> no. Is, that, is the mis- that's, that's trademarked material, bro. <laughs> but uh, so I, I don't want to say I'm expecting good things because nostalgic and sometimes fill in gaps and, and make things look better than they are. I, I will say I'm expecting to be more entertained than I was with the first one. And I'll leave it at that. That's fair. That's fair. Um, I'm going to jump in. I am. I own this movie also because I'm a completionist like, like, like Branson. Um, I vaguely remember enjoying it, but also going, why does this look cheap? Like there are scenes in it that I was just like, this looks like it was made for TV. Looking at the, at what the directors have done, which is a lot of television type of stuff. And, and realizing that they're these are the same guys that did the Aquaman TV show. I'm like, okay, I see why it looks like that. Probably the budget also. Cause again, the first movie didn't do too well. And so I'm not really sure how this happened. I wish I could find some information on how this movie happened. Um, but I'm, I'm willing to, to get into it. I like this style of, of storytelling. I think it's fun. I like martial arts. I like monsters. So let's have fun with it. John. Um, after the first movie, I was mildly looking forward to this movie mm-hmm. until I did my research and mm. saw that nobody comes back. <laughs> <laughs> and the last movie we did that was a movie that doesn't exist anymore. So I don't remember what you're talking about. So it really is gone. <laughs> uh, to peel to peel away our mythos, I'm referring to uh, uh, Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So I when I whenever I see a franchise where none of the actors come back, I get a little bit weary about it. So um, at this juncture, now that I know that, I'm a little bit skeptical. That's fair. A lot of bit skeptical. Yeah. Well, but I'm going to try to go in blank. Ladies and gentlemen, we're about to enter into the, the movie theater to watch this. Um, real quick. If you're listening to this right now and you're watching this on the YouTube side, leave a comment and let us know your expectations for the film and how you think we're going to rate it. So let's jump into it. Dear listeners, This is your opportunity to escape. Our crew has just entered into the media projection chamber. What horrors and madness that they consume are unknown. Their mental state upon their return is unknown. You have been warned. John, sir. John, John, you introduced a hummer. Trolling on my shoulder. John. Sorry, I was dreaming about large women. (laughs) 
It's a reference to Princess Bride. Don't take it the wrong way. I know where you're going with I was going to say, John, just go back to sleep. We don't want to know. Just go back to sleep. Oh, my gosh. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, we just came out of the viewing chamber, and we have watched uh, Guyver. I notice it's Guyver, not the Guyver. Uh, mm. Dark Hero. How much? Yeah. How much do you want to bet that it's because the American audience kept calling it MacGyver? Probably. Yeah, Probably. I can see that. So uh, let's jump into our spoil-free thoughts. Anybody want to just jump on? I got a couple things, but I started us off last time. This movie is over long and takes too long to get to where it's trying to get to. I mean, that's as spoiler free as I, as I can get with my <laughs> thoughts on this movie is we went from a movie that doesn't even touch an hour and a half to a movie that's over two hours mm-hmm. that would have probably done better at an hour and a half. That's fair. That's fair. Apparently, just so you know, uh, in the uh, UK version, there's 27 minutes that were cut uh, for the UK DVD, which includes moments of violence, a nightmare sequence, um, a spoiled item that's in there. And um, he goes, however, uh, the 15 seconds cut made to the earlier video release was a uh, bloody shooting scene and a throat stabbing. Uh, those were restored for some reason in the UK. But yeah, I, 27 I, I, minutes. I can agree with John. I think there were places where it seemed like it just kind of drug where it could have sped up. We spent mm-hmm. a little bit too much time on certain things that we could have just sped through. Um, I did like this better than the first one, uh, primarily because it kept that serious tone throughout. Mm-hmm. There wasn't the constant flip-flop between you know, serious dark tone and then goofy villain and then serious dark tone and then goofy villain. So in that regard, I liked it. I I liked the levity dude. I I understand. But like I said, the last episode, it's a pet peeve of mine to take something that's supposed to be serious and make it funny. At the same time, you had that weird, like for, for Branson, when you came into it, it was a serious R rated film. John and I came in and it was, a pseudo comedy dark film. It was a dark comedy. That's type true. Film. Now, if, if I had seen Guyver one before Guyver two, I probably mm-hmm. would have seen this entire franchise differently. That that's a valid point. Because mm-hmm. uh, my first exposure was the darker film. Yeah. Uh, I I've got to get into spoilers to say what else I want to say about it. So I'll, I'll right. just I'll just wrap it up with I did like this one better. But there were some pacing issues that yeah. could have been addressed. Can I also say the light? There was too much light in this movie. Too many scenes that happened during the daytime. Yeah. For it to be called Dark Hero. Yeah, you're right. No, no, no. Not, not even, not even <laughs> just that. Period. It, just period. Like the reasons why the rubber suits worked so well in the first one. And I think we talked about this in previous episodes that sometimes you show too much. Mm-hmm. And yes. I think this movie showed too much. Like, uh-huh. like where the last, where the last movie, I, I liked the suits and it, it, they looked fairly realistic. And I, I enjoyed that aspect until they talked and the mouths didn't move. Mm-hmm. They had the reverse 
they had the reverse problem in this one where the mouths moved great when they would talk in this movie. But the problem is, is that I saw too much of the, of the suit and it looked real rubbery to me. There was a loss of, to Branson's credit. Yeah. It's like, the dark hero in the sunlight and so <laughs> in sunny utah <laughs> you know it's like that that did throw that off but uh, john you hit a great point like there is a reason why certain movies like um nightmare Before christmas why in so many tim burton movies they're dark because you can hide certain things in the shadows and it it it, it builds the texture all that light made the suits feel flat instead of textured and feel like there was something really really there that was creepy like it felt more like the saturday ironically the levity was gone but it felt like more like a saturday morning mm-hmm. show mm-hmm. yeah at the same time with the way they did the lighting now the like the opening fight scene between um guyver and some thugs and a, the couple other scenes that where they were they were in like a darker areas those were kind of cool. Like overall, I think yes. that the fight scenes were better in this one. The martial arts were better in this one. Um, I just I was more entertained with the fighting in this one. I feel like the previous movie had more c- compressed into the time frame, more um, dialogue, more conversation about the world, more conversation about what was taking place. Whereas this one was less conversation, though they had some um because they had to go into the whole thing about the zonoids but there was a lot of fighting that took place in this one yeah uh, i'm, I'm get- thinking back to when i first saw the advertisement that made me interested in the movie in the first place most of the scenes in that advertisement were from the street fight mm-hmm. at mm-hmm. the very beginning where he's in that shadowy area and there's steam everywhere and he's got steam coming out of his yeah pants. most of it was from that very little of the ad was from when he's actually fighting the monsters yeah so i i i could definitely see that and actually that looking back on it that was some of my favorite parts of the movie was when he's mm-hmm. fighting those those gangsters it, it had a very batman yeah vibe and, to it you know and that just brings me to my my main issue to, with the light it's just like batman doesn't make sense in the daytime right that's right yeah yeah that's true Another issue I ran into was there were several technical issues that I ran into uh, with the camera work. There were mm, yes, there were sir. so many scenes that things were blurry and it not like intentional. Like it was like somebody forgot to set the focus ring on it. Mm-hmm. And it was like at one point, Celeste and I were watching it and the Celeste goes, why is it focused on the tree branch behind him? Because it was. It wasn't focused on the actors. A lot of the close-ups, it felt like they they filmed um they didn't zoom in and so it felt like in the editing floor they're like you know this would look a lot better if we cut in and so they just forced the image to get bigger and which and brought in a lot of noise into the background or into the into the grain of things and it was just awkward and then there were even some like awkward camera angles there was a scene where in one point where they're walking into the um where they're in the spoilers spoilers well it's just there was a couple scenes where the camera just tilts like yeah like the camera operator is like oh he's moving and it's like he went oh i dropped my camera for a second and kept going mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so from a technical side of things like i kind of struggle with some of that kind of stuff yeah so all right well should we uh go ahead and jump into spoilers so we can really 
dissect this film? Yes, let's do it. All right, let's do it. Ladies and gentlemen, the spoiler section. So question. Did Answer. the did the student archaeologists die? I think, I think like no, two no, of no. them did. Two of them. They did had them rounded they, up. Right. They were pulling the guns on them. But then, and then they a, cut away to a different scene altogether. Well, they if you remember, if you uh, right before it cuts away, you saw one of the bad guys get hit, and then the other bad guy who was on the floor turn around, going, yeah. "Who are you?" and uh, it moved on from there. So the suggestion is they made it out alive. Hmm. Yeah, they all got in the cars and drove away because yeah, the yeah. FBI, the CIA agents showed up and was leading them out. I, okay. It. I don't understand. That how was so it, smash edited. I had a hard time following. Yeah, it. no, that that was confusing for me too. Because uh, they kept flip. They they were trying to show that the CIA agents were like everywhere at once. They were just there. And boom, but. They kept jumping back and forth. You never really knew what scene you were in because sometimes they were in the office. Sometimes they were in the ship. Uh, but the idea is that the CIA showed up and took over, which I. These are supposed to be monsters that are so tough that it requires alien technology to beat them. And CIA agents are able to overpower them and take over them. Until they decide they can't anymore, and then I—I I, I don't know that th- there comes a certain point in the movie where it's like the logic breaks down. Yes, I, yes. I, I kind of I tried to logic that with you, Branson. And at first, I was like, "Well, maybe it's the well, we still we don't want to go full zoonoid because we don't want the world to know everything." And to a degree, I was cool with that until the other Zonoids showed up and was like escorting the the CIA agent around. Right. I'm like, okay, like pick a I, there was just pick a method somehow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or like when uh the CIA agent is being chased by the female Zonoid mm-hmm. and he ends up winning the fight against her. Like, I, I guess maybe you could argue that she was just messing around too much and then. Well, he electrocuted her. Yeah, but she should have been able to take care of him before that. Like He should not have been able to live long enough to be able to pull that off. I'll give you that. I mean, if if the Giver is the only thing that can fight these Zoonoids, why was he able to live long enough to push her into Electrical Box? Yeah. Um, That's fair. There seems like there was... Once they found the ship... Mm-hmm. And they knew the ship was there. From that moment forward, the movie seemed to kind of fall apart for me. Mm. Like it was like at that was, point that the movie fell apart <laughs> for me. For me, not not leading up to it, there were flaws. There admittedly were flaws, but the point where I was just like this, the point where the nostalgia glasses finally came off, and I was like, okay, seeing this as an adult is very different than seeing this as a. Like Eight, I said in the last episode, kid. man, it's like watching the original Star Wars trilogy. Yeah. Th- th- there just came a point where I was like, this is not as good as I remembered. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, overall, I liked it better than the first one. Uh, I-, I liked the, 
I really liked the exploration they did of Sean about I've got this thing that I don't want and I'm trying to figure out a way to get rid of it. And that's why he's at Utah trying to dig the thing up. He's trying to find a way to get rid of the Giver. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought that was a neat plot point. Um, I did not like the romance between him and the lady archaeologist that felt very, very ham fisted. Yeah. But, but it did explain why. I, I guess it's almost like they did that to explain why he had unfettered access to everything he needed. Mm. It's because he was dating the boss's daughter. Right. So her name, her name was Carol McGuffin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But like, even, even with her, they played her up as this really smart, intelligent scientist person at first. And then at some point she just kind of became the chick of the movie. Mm. And, she went and from I felt like that was a downgrade. Yeah. She went from smart, smart, strong lead female actress to helpless damsel in distress. Yes. Yeah. Like very quickly too. It was kind of jarring. Like I was kind of rocking with her and I was like, okay, you know, she can, you know, she's gonna hold her own, especially when we got to that fight scene at the mm-hmm. end. And I, I'll say this, I was thankful that she took the sledgehammer and took it to that dude's head. Yes. And that she didn't just back away. Like, Oh no. Like I was yeah. like, yes. Rawr. But <laughs> that just gave me flashbacks to the shining. <laughs> but have, have you seen the shining i have that that scene where jack nicholson and his wife are on that stairwell and she's holding that bat choked way up high on the bat she's, like, ah, ah. she's backing up right so i appreciated that scene but at the same time like there's some point i was like you are such a hardcore like bad to the bone woman the entire time through this movie uh-huh. like you're calling shots and all of a sudden you're like oh no sean yeah she she leaned into the damsel aspect really heavy, mm-hmm. and I, I and I don't necessarily dislike the damsel in distress trope. You know, I'm, I'm all about chivalry and all that, but that wasn't the character they had created at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Like she was, she wasn't even going to let Sean onto the site. And what made her decide to let him was, I'm a scientist. I understand what it means to just have to know something. Mm-hmm. So it she started out as being a very powerful intelligent woman and then she became just the the love interest of the hero and that was her role and it was a letdown branson can i can i complete breaking this movie for you go ahead okay Uh, i want to talk about the scene where sean finally tells her everything that's going on for the first time yeah essentially he is basically saying everything you and your father believe is true and it's being exploited by this company that's running your camp. That's why he's stealing this item from you and and basically he's laying it out for her. This is all stuff. She already said that her and her father believe. And then she runs off and basically treats him like he's insane. Like you're insane. I wrote that down. I actually wrote that down. I was like, you literally believe that aliens inhabited the earth. I'm not saying aliens, but it's (laughs) aliens. (laughs) but but she she believes that but then when sean tells the store the his side of the story she's like that's that's ridiculous why would i believe that it's like lady you you just found an alien spaceship what what part of this is unreasonable (laughs) (laughs) 
And then what does she do? She goes and runs directly to the guy that, that Sean tells her, Hey, this guy's in bed with the bad guys. Right. He's bad news. Right. Yeah. It's just like, okay, that's, you know, I, I use this phrase so much on this show, but it's so true. That's just, that's just bad writing. It's just mm-hmm. bad and lazy writing. It, you go by your rules only as they serve you. And when it's not convenient for you, then you change the rules just to push right. the plot along. Right. Right. And, and the thing is, is I'm comparing what we just saw with how I remember the movie. Mm-hmm. And what I remember is so much better than what I saw. Right. Like the guyver zoonoid i remember as a kid seeing that and thinking oh my gosh it's a zoonoid with a guyver unit Uh oh a broken guyver unit but a guyver unit nonetheless Mm -hmm. and when i watched it this time and uh, this might play into what you were talking about earlier with the lighting i saw it this time and i remember it being darker Mm -hmm. i remember it being a more shadowy thing Question. And now it's like he looks kind of the we're, same. He just he just put a mask on. I'm I'm curious, guys. We're all watching this on modern High viewing definition. abilities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If this was on a CRT TV, scan lines and all, not near as bright. Do we think that would have fixed some of what we're seeing? I don't think it would help the flat out daytime shots. I I'm following your logic. Like I was thinking the same thing when you started talking, but I will, I will say probably not. And here's why because mm-hmm. Branson and I both, I mean, peeling back the narrative a little bit here, Branson and I both watched this off of Amazon. I watched the I watched the HD file. It was the same cost as the SD file. So why not? And even still on HD, my picture was so grainy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, like I, I made a comment to you guys when I was watching it. It looks like they digitized the VHS tape is what it looked like. Mm-hmm. And that so, may have been what they did. I, I, and, and so as for me, for me, no, I don't, I don't think it would have because I had the same amount of graininess and, and it, it just wasn't, a great picture I was watching even in HD. Uh, so I don't necessarily think that I just, I just think that we have seen what they tried to do done better. So many more times since Branson has seen this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That coming back to it is like, it, it's like, you know, it's like trying to go back and watch He-Man and appreciate it in the same way you did when you were six years old. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. It, I like it, the way you put that, 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 you're, that you're exactly right. Yeah. You, you're not in the same, you, you're not in the same space. Like when I was in, when, when I was in college, um, I took a communications course, interpersonal communications. It was a prerequisite for the program I was in. And, uh, one of the core fundamentals of communicating effectively is understanding that where a person is at in their life at any given moment will affect how they receive information. So back in 1994, when this movie came out, um, this was, 
this was what the special effects were at the time. We didn't know any better and mm. we were significantly younger. So we were more impressionable at the time. Right. And yeah. prone to having a more active imagination to cut, to fill in the cracks as it were. That's true. Yeah. Um, whereas you watch it now, uh, you come back to it. We've seen all these magnificent, like we, you, you put this, you pit this up against the MCU or even the DCEU, you know, and it, it just falls flat. It, it, we, we've, we've just, it, it's like my dad, what my dad says about taco pizza. It just reminds me of two things I like better. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. right. Yeah. So yeah, that's fair. I, I want to put this out real quick. I did some quick digging. Both the DVD, both DVD releases, the 2004 and 2016, use the same 480i scan on the DVDs. Okay, which is probably the exact same thing that's probably on streaming VHS. services. Yeah. So in some streaming services, they'll actually they'll they'll artificially res things up. They'll mm-hmm. basically put a filter on it, smooth things out. So it's probably the same thing. Yeah. Yep. So that probably wouldn't have affected the lighting at all. No. Mm-hmm. And, so. and so it's like, it, it was a product of its time. Um, I think, I think this movie had an expiration date and we consumed it afterwards. <laughs> yeah. That's a good, you know what I mean? It. Yeah. It was mm-hmm. a little bit crunchy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I almost, I almost wish that they would have made a movie about his time in the city having nightmares about becoming the Giver mm-hmm. and killing thugs and gangs. Like give me more of that story where he's hunted by the police, a conflict of conscience. Yeah, exactly. Like, like make him an anti-hero. I, you know I think who would have made, made a great a TV movie. show about this. We were, uh, the FX channel. Yeah. I didn't they, have it. Back in the nineties, they had some great television that was kind of in this flame. Now I say great. It was nineties television story, but like, right. Like dark man had a TV show like this would like what you're talking about, like going through that dark stuff and figuring it out that would have made a great FX series back in the nineties. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It would have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like the, the, pro- the biggest problem I have in this mo- with this movie is I could see so many ways how they could have done it better. And that frustrates yes. me because I don't get paid to do this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. It, it it drives home the fact that a reboot needs to happen. Like everyone that said they would be up mm. for a reboot. But but I don't mean a reboot just of this movie. I mean of the entire franchise. Let's I, I understand scrap what it all and start from the beginning. I understand what you're saying, but if if they're gonna do it, it needs a budget. Yeah. And one of the uh the Giver groups uh somebody had commented because i posed the question in one of the, the, the guyver facebook groups that are out there because there are multiple facebook groups for people who are fans of this of the franchise uh they said one and two uh movies are absolute trash please start over and make them legendary there is a genuine cry from the community to restart the series from scratch i i don't think that the first movie was trash mm-hmm. like there, there's a part of me that I, you know, obviously I found the movie to be silly, mm-hmm. but I enjoyed it. Um, so I, I don't necessarily agree with that. I think you need to appreciate it for the time period that it's in. As far as this movie, my biggest issue with it is it was just boring. 
Mm. Yeah. Yep. I'll, I want to add this. I have never I'll, been I'll, so bored during a kung fu fight in a movie. <laughs> <laughs> See, I thought this was the fights were seen. I want to add something positive. I appreciated that they they did a good job of continuing some homage to the source material. Uh-huh. In the comics and in the animes, there is there are multiple Giver units. I think that was mm-hmm. one of the downsides. The first movie, they made it sound like there was only one Giver unit, period. There are multiple ones. And in fact, the like the second big baddie that um uh show is the name of the, of the character in Japanese fights is a zoonoid who has a damaged Giver unit. Mm. And uh, in the fight with that unit, with that particular monster it glitches and while it's while the thing is legitimately melting he opens the 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 buster beams in his chest and he fries it so that's like a legitimate the way they played it out there was legitimately how it plays out in the source material and so i appreciated that that detail i also appreciated kind of the lore it built on it built on the whole mm-hmm. world of like you know you know the zonoids were actually the the better warriors the skyver units we were bad because skyver actually means out of control and um and so that was like yeah you guys are because they can't control the humans once they have the skyver unit on them Mm -hmm. so i appreciated some of that that world building that took place i feel like if we had more world world building and less awkwardness throughout the entirety of the film i would have been a lot better his relationship with the the lady archaeologist was too much of a point of the movie. Yeah. That that romance did not have to happen for this I, movie to make sense. Yeah, and that that's kind of a flaw for '90s filmmaking in general. If there's a guy and a girl in the movie, they have to get together by the end, and I hate that. It's just that's like true. why why does a guy and a girl always have to get together? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like I I knew Celeste before I ever met Dallas. She's still just a friend. That's just how life is. And that's how she will remain to you. Bro. <laughs> don't make it weird, okay? <laughs> I know. But no, but you're right. you're absolutely right. There doesn't have to be a romance. They can just be platonic. Sh- shoot. They could outright hate each other through most That would be even all- more interesting to me. Yeah. They and, can and hate what, each other, but makes, they have to work together. Exactly. They have to work together to because I mean the, the the long and the short of it is at the end of the movie, Sean destroys the one thing that she has spent her life looking for, regardless of whether it was a justifiable reason or not. She has spent most of her life looking for that evidence, and he told it to shoot off into space. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And her response is, oh, I just love you so much. <laughs> her like, response was, let me taste your tonsils. <laughs> there, there should be, at least be a little bit of struggle there of, I am conflicted that this thing that I have desperately wanted my entire life is now being sent away. Even if it's for the good of mankind, that's my life's work. That's just shooting off planet, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, and her dad dying. Like, she didn't even, she didn't even bat yeah. an eye. Yeah. I appreciated that they had the scene where they buried him. Yay. But like, she was not heartbroken at no. all. She was more interested about running off with home, dude. Yeah. And it, it just, as, as John mentioned before, it was just lazy writing. Mm-hmm. It, it's like they got to point you were like, okay, we got to wrap this up. How can we tie this all up in a nice, neat little bow? Here we go. This is what we'll do. 
For the listeners at home, Branson's sitting here cross-armed with his brows furrowed, looking like he's sucking (laughs) on a lemon right now as he's talking about this. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, anything else spoil-free you want to add to this conversation? Or spoil-filled? I was going to say, we've spoiled it pretty bad. There was was literally no reason why Jimmy Walker's character couldn't have come back for this. I I want that story. I wanted to know what he was doing. Like Didn't literally, they... literally at the end of the first movie, the the one dude from the CIA and Jimmy Walker's character are talking and he's like, I've got another job for you. And I was waiting for Jimmy Walker to show up because he's still alive and he has a job he's working on and no Nothing. Jimmy Walker. Yeah. And he would have been great. Like have a, you know, I get it. First movie too goofy. Fine. You don't have to cut out all levity though mm-hmm. you know you know, I, you find, know find balance let him be the reason that the cia even knows what chronos is up to like right. let him be some kind of informant or something i i would be almost okay with them doing a third movie in this universe but giving this the highlander 2 treatment and just pretending like this didn't happen <laughs> <laughs> just to continuing a thought line that makes sense yeah yeah so all right, well, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to give our rating now for this film. If you're new to the bottom shelf and um, you're like, The Guyver 2 is my favorite movie. Well, ladies and gentlemen, here is our, our rating system for you. We have the top shelf, which is the I need to own this right now on DVD streaming. I need to have the poster tattooed to my left butt cheek. Middle shelf is uh, maybe it was it's watch it for streaming. If it's on, you know, maybe watch it, throw it on there. Uh, if you happen to have the DVD for some reason, you know, throw it in there if you're doing some cleaning. And then bottom shelf, probably will never watch this ever again. And then we have the dumpster fire where we actively try to keep people from watching this film. And to our knowledge, when you throw things in dumpster fire, they disappear and we never know what happens to them. In fact, we don't know if any movies actually got in there. So that being said, Let's jump into it. Mr. Haru, what is dumpster fire? Wow. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was like, I, I, I put myself into this review to try to keep it lively and, you know, keep things jovial and comical, but ultimately I was bored for two hours. Um, I didn't enjoy watching it. I don't ever want to watch this movie again. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, for people who have watched the first Guyver movie and enjoyed it, I would actively tell you don't watch this movie because anything that you found redeeming in the first movie is not in this movie. None of the original actors that should have been in this movie were in it for whatever reason I could guess, but I won't. And the things that they had going for this movie being the more advanced rubber suit work or the better actor in the lead role with David Hayter uh, was squandered either by poor writing or by just lighting everything up like a spotlight. So you can see all the flaws on the suits. Mm -hmm. I, I, I think that the people who created this movie did so incompetently and squandered the assets that they have to highlight things about the story that didn't matter. And there was, again, a lot of montage scenes with them archaeologizing this site. Yeah. 
that could have been skipped over that just felt like fluff in an already too long movie. Right. Yeah. I, I think I could have put this on a, on a bottom shelf if they would have edited the, themselves a little bit and brought it back down to an hour and a half, a, a runtime that makes more sense for a movie of this type. But as it stands for the movie that I just watched, Dumpster Fire. I never want to see this again, and I don't think anybody should pay the $4 I did to watch it. I'm genuinely curious how you would have responded to the UK version, which was 27 minutes shorter. Well, based off of what you said they cut out, they cut out the wrong things. So I don't know that I would necessarily think any different, but that's just me guessing. All right. Branson, how about you, bud? I really expected to middle shelf this because like I said, this is my guilty pleasure. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've never felt a great desire to go own it, but I thought, you know, I hadn't seen it in a while. If it were on, I'd I'd sit down and watch it. And then I did sit down and watch it. (laughs) (laughs) And It's, you know how people sarcastically say, well, check that off of life's to do list. I feel like I've checked that off of life's to-do list. I'm struggling with where exactly I want to put it because I did like it better than the first movie. Mm -hmm. Let me help you with this, Branson. Did you like (laughs) this movie? No. And that's disappointing. Hang on. Hang on. Did you, do you ever want to watch it again? Could you, let me, or let me rephrase that. Could you for you see yourself saying, Hey, I want to watch this again after this experience that I've had with it. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because what I remember it being is not what it is. Okay. Now I, I want to go back. Let me ask you the third question. Okay. If somebody came up to you and said, Hey, I'm interested in this Guyver series. Should I watch the second Guyver movie? What would you tell them? I would tell them, go ahead, just know what you're getting into. Let me ask you this. If it was just on the TV and it was you just finished mowing, would you sit down and watch it? Before I actually watched it, my thought would have been yes. Like, like, like I said, I, I would have expected to want to sit down and watch it again. Wow. But now that I've seen it again and I have what it actually is instead of what I remembered it to be, it's like, the episode of Power Rangers where the pig was going to consume the world's food supply. Mm-hmm. When I watched that as a kid, that was a serious plot point. And yes. the fact that the Power Rangers were able to figure out that spicy food was its weakness was them using their intelligence. And it was a cool thing. Yes. And then I saw it. I don't think I was even an adult yet. I think it was like late high school. And I went back and watched it and thought, this is stupid. Like, why did I ever think this was cool? (laughs) That's that's how I feel about this now was I remember watching this as a kid and loving it. I I remember getting excited that we were going to watch it again. And now I want to go back to the memories of what I had it being instead of what I watch. Like, I want to go back to the what was in my head i'll tell you what branson why don't you sit on it let's and and think about it for a little bit more okay let's switch over to dallas dallas where are you putting this movie 
So for me, um, it's not a good movie. No. And um, there are elements that I liked better. I thought the fight scenes were better. Um, thought some of the, 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 yeah, the fights and the action scenes were better just across the board. They really were. Um, but I'm with you, John, man, if they just shaved off some of the, some of it and made this a more succinct story, it would have been so much better. It would have, and, and if it had not been so stinking bright the entire time, killing the magic of what's happening with the suits um if it had the levity i would be okay with how bright it was but it just wasn't there uh it's almost like the tones should have switched places for the movies um again i own it i own the movie um i'm a completionist i think it's kind of interesting i like the world it builds i might watch it if it's streaming but i'm not like i've watched the guyver more times than guyver too i purely bought this for the completionist of it i have not watched this movie since i purchased this from hastings Moment of silence for Hastings. Oh. Amen. I have not watched this since I purchased it from Hastings back in 2008. So I'm going to put it on the bottom shelf. All right. I don't don't want to burn it out. You know, for the world, it's interesting. Again, um, the action scenes were fun. And if you're just in a Giver kick and you're like, I'm going to do this. I have it. You know, legitimately, like out of this, I've been watching the anime and I was reading the manga before we we, we started recording today. I, I feel like these are stories that work better in cartoon and oh, manga yeah. than it does in live action, though, too. Totally. So, yeah. Totally. All right. Brandon, a different, like this. A different we, we, media would probably help. Okay. We gave you extra time. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I am going to put it on the bottom shelf for the simple reason of John, everything you said about the movie, I I agree with the only reason I'm not dumpster firing it is because if someone else wanted to watch this movie, I would not try to dissuade them in the sense of saying, no, don't waste your time. I would tell them, know what you're getting into and know there are alternatives out there but I wouldn't tell them don't bother watching it. So for that reason alone, I'm going to bottom shelf it as opposed to dumpster fire it, but I can respect it that. is, it is a low bottom shelf. I can respect that. Oh yeah. my gosh. But I mean, right. could, could, can say it may be. So for people out there, we have a disputed bottom shelf, but, I think we can all agree that this was this movie was pretty trash. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I just just curious Branson. Yes. Keeping in mind everything you said, is it mm-hmm. still worse than the original Guyver? Better better was the proper. <laughs> Cuz he he said he liked this movie. Right, is it, he didn't is say- it still better than the original Guyver? Cuz you dumpster fired the Guyver. 
Oh. 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 <laughs> John's see, getting excited. <laughs> here's the thing, though. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> For those of you who are listening right now, there's a giant pinwheel floating over Branson's head. Floating. The hamster's Loading. twitching because it goes, I didn't expect to run this far. What's happening? <laughs> Buffering. Buffering. Uh, I just, Lots I can't, loading. I can't get past the total shift of the first one of we're serious now we're funny we're serious mm-hmm. now we're funny okay uh if 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 i had to go back and, and reissue I, I would have changed it to a bottom shelf rating uh because for those of you out there the look on branson's face is like dallas asked him does this look infected to you <laughs> <laughs> Like, like like this like this one if if i were to go back and change my rating it would it would be bottom shelf but it would still be a very low bottom shelf as i said before it is a pet peeve of mine to take something that is meant to be serious and make it comical that is the only reason i would rate the first guyver lower as i said before if the first guyver had been my first exposure to the franchise i might have liked it better mm-hmm. i was used to a more serious tone and so it made the first guy ever seem comical. I saw these movies out of order, basically. Yeah, so that's fair. I, I went to the first guy ever expecting the second guy ever, and it did not deliver on that. Mm. But then again, I went to the second guy ever expecting the second guy ever, and it still didn't deliver. <laughs> that's so. That's the quote of the episode right there. I don't, you know, I don't even know what my ratings are anymore. But my, my rating is Goldfish. That that is my rating for both of these movies. It's that Goldfish. That might be the subtitle for this episode. Bran- Branson Branson is having an existential crisis over a, a piece of crap movie. That that's that's you know, basically what, what's happening here. Get my stunt double to come back in here and be me. I'm done. Contractor, no, I don't want to be on this episode anymore. Branson, get my just stunt like, double what in is here. Reality. oh my gosh all right well let's jump you have it it is a uh disputed bottom shelf for us here at uh the bottom shelf want to hear from you how do you rate this is it (laughs) is it higher is it lower are you confused um are you able oh branson uh (laughs) with his uh his uh mental state right now because he might need it so let us know. Reach out to us on our social media platforms, Facebook and Instagram. Look for The Bottom Shelf Podcast. If you're on YouTube, leave comments in the video below. That being said, ladies and gentlemen, it is time for... This is a weak connection. I feel Join like I should be wearing a robe and have a fan in my hand when whenever Matt <laughs> sings that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Weak Connection. This is where we take the movies we watch whether they are a bottom shelf or a dumpster fire and we find some redeeming quality of it to encourage you inspire and let you know you're loved you care for there's a plan and purpose for life and that we you should not give up and uh so let's jump into it branson you got a uh a weak connection for this uh bottom shelf film that you're i i, I actually do despite my confusion about the rating i actually do have a uh, weak connection for this. There's a scene at the end 
where uh, Sean finally realizes exactly what the Giver was supposed to be. And he realizes that uh, I'm just a weapon. Uh, I have no destiny. I have no purpose. I'm just a weapon. I'm a mistake. And lady archaeology person whose character name I can't remember, which should tell you something about the value of her character in this movie, uh, <laughs> looks up at him and says, you found your own destiny. You took something that was that, that happened to you and turned it into something good. And you have a purpose now. And that reminded me of Genesis chapter 50 verse. Uh, here we go. Uh, verse 20. As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good to bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. This is Joseph speaking to his brothers who sold him into slavery into Egypt. His brothers intended him harm. Joseph found himself a slave. Uh, and then through God's providence, he worked his way up to being the ruler of all Egypt, second only to Pharaoh. And because of his position, he was able to provide for his family during a famine, a severe famine in the land. And it sets the stage for the, the tribes of Israel to grow and become the Israelite nation that Moses would lead out of Egypt and uh, become the chosen people of God who uh, would, would prophesy the Messiah. So there was something that was intended for evil, but God used it for good. And we see this in Giver too. You, you have this guy who he has this weapon. He is designed to be a weapon for a very specific purpose and a purpose that he did not want. In fact, through most of the movie, he's trying to get rid of the Giver. That's why he's there in the first place. He doesn't want this anymore. But it was the powers of the Giver that enabled him to be able to fight the Zoonoids and send the ship away so that other people couldn't get to those weapons, even though what he was designed to do was evil. Mm-hmm. He was still able to do good things with it. And I think that's something very important that we need to realize. We are going to have situations in our lives and circumstances and things that happen that are the result of either someone intending evil on us or they're just bad circumstances. They're, they're scars that we wear, whether physically or emotionally, bad things that happen. And God can redeem those things and use them for his good. If we've been through a traumatic experience, God can use that so that we can speak truth and life into other people who have been through similar experiences. Mm. Uh, if, you know, how many times have we found ourselves in what seems like a really bad situation and then we realize, oh, well, God was actually setting the stage for something else to happen later down the road. You know, uh, uh, in reference of the fact that, uh, you know, we record started recording this on September 11th. The people who were late to work on mm. September 11th in New York City, uh, 20, 2000, 2001, you know, they were running late to work that day and then it ended up being a good thing. So whenever we have bad things happen to us, that doesn't mean that that has to be where the story ends. God can use the negative things in our life to redeem them and turn them into something that he can use as a tool to do good. Mm -hmm. So uh, when we look at the scars we carry, 
it's really easy for us to wish that those scars weren't there. But I think the, the thing that we need to do as followers of Christ is to recognize those scars are tools that God can use to speak life into someone else. That these are things that God can use and redeem to achieve his ends and his purposes. And uh, that's kind of what I got out of that scene in the movie. I like it, man. I like it. Uh, John, did you have anything? Again, no, because I got caught up in <laughs> in uh, Gundam Watch rules instead of our own rules, because what show am I on? <laughs> it's cool. It's cool. Well, actually, I, I have one, and I it's actually based on the same scene that Branson just talked about, and I'm not sure if that the fact that that's where Branson and I found the only redemption quality says anything about the movie or not, but... Um, <laughs> there's nothing redemptive about this movie we just had one and this is where i'm gonna go with it because uh like brenton said you know he's going through this stuff and he's he's struggling and uh he's looking for purpose and he realized that you know they're supposed to be used for evil um but at the same time i'm going more towards the fact that like he's been on this journey the entire time trying to find purpose like he's genuinely just like what's the point at one point he's yelling at the machine going what what do you want what do you want from me and he's just been making it up as he goes. And that happens sometimes in life. But we have to, so how do we do it? How do we, what do we do when we're just trying to figure stuff out? Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean into your own understanding. He was just naturally just trying to figure things out. And in that world, in that gap that it was taking place, he was confused. He was lost. Well, verse 6, in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight what it's trying to say here is if we trust in god if we put our focus in him he's going to guide us he's going to direct us now how does he do that is there going to be an audible voice from heaven going you need to go with us wait maybe that might happen god speaks today still but more most of the time it's through as we lean into the spiritual disciplines of of being in the word being in prayer and and this is key being in biblical community where we allow people to speak into our lives and we allow people to help us. And assuming that these are people who are, again, living biblically and they're not being jerks, being controlling crackheads, but genuinely love and care about you, once you succeed, you will find the direction you need as you walk out the spiritual practices that are before us. And so that's my encouragement for you guys is, you know, as, you know, yes, God's take God's going to redeem your the terrible crap in your life, in some fashion, it may not be the way you wanted to, but he will. But also, just trust him to lead you. Amen. Cool. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that was our week connection. That was our episode on the Giver Two. Uh, did not expect it to go this direction today. So I want to hear from you guys. Branson to have a, a <laughs> existential crisis about this movie. I, I would be less conflicted about it if it wasn't something that I had nostalgia connected to. Like if this was just some <laughs> random, like seriously, if this was some random movie that I just stumbled upon, I would be more decisive, but I have vivid memories that I now know are not true about this movie. <laughs> and it bothers me. bro. I have memories about the first one where he's getting into some kind of bionic car. So I just, yeah, I'm interested in this version of this movie. I am too. <laughs> I am still looking for it. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Well, 
there's no car here, um, but this show is running out of steam. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. If you um, are interested in checking us out, I encourage you guys to check out the link tree for John's uh, everything he does. Check out Gospel by Gaslight. There's some stuff coming down the pipeline for that uh, that Bryce is working on and Solid House Podcast. And then check out geekdevotions.com for all this stuff and more. Uh, anything else you guys want to add to the table? I think you're a very handsome man. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate it. That being said, ladies and gentlemen, until next time, stay devoted. Peace and love.